to the Nerd Crusade Podcast, episode 25. I'm your host, Ian, and with me as always is Courtney. Hello. This week we got some stuff to talk about. We're going to be talking about episode 4 of Secret Invasion called Beloved. We're going to be talking about episode 2 of The Witcher, uh, which I believe is called Unbound. Sure. Yep, Unbound. <laughs> and then there's some gaming news to talk about. Um, not necessarily any specific game, but there, there was some new stuff that came up, so we might talk a little bit about X-Primal, what we think of that. Um, but there's some well, your big... initial thoughts on yeah. that. You've been playing it. And some other big news that's come up. But first, let's start with uh, Secret Invasion. Yeah. So, uh, Beloved, I, tr- I actually thought it was a really, really good episode. And I liked the storyline with Nick Fury and his wife. Yeah, I like that storyline. Um, and it was a much shorter episode. I think it could have probably been... Yeah, it was like as... 37 minutes, I think. Yeah, it was 30, 36, 37 minutes. Just over a half hour long, while the others have been above the 45-minute, 50-minute mark. And I think this one could have been flushed out an extra 15 minutes, and it would have been a little bit better for me. Yeah. So big things in this is with... It continues off with where the last episode left with uh, Fury's wife going to this church. Uh, basically where we get confirmation that Rhodey is a scroll. Um, mm-hmm. And that basically, he's telling her that she needs to kill Nick Fury, or he'll do it himself, or kill her. Well, he said, uh, only one person's ga- getting out of that house, you better make sure it's you. Yeah. So, <clears throat> basically, the threat of kill him, or I'll kill you, or I'll ki- kill both of you, whatever. Um, basically threatening her. And, of course, we know that Nick bugged her phone, like we thought, so he knew that she, uh she was playing both sides. And it gives confirmation for him that Brody is a scroll. Yep. Um, so when she comes in to confront him, um, well, actually, like, before all this, we get background on the relationship and about how she loves this poem by, uh, I think, Andrew Benjamin Carver. Carver? Okay. <laughs> I think that's the name, but uh, a poem called Beloved and how it's about a guy It's saying, a conversation com- between uh, a man and a woman. Yeah, about how all they, all she wants is to be known as beloved uh, and be loved on this earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of like their inside thing of quoting that poem back and forth to each other. And when they get home, they basically both sit at the table, both with their guns out, and recite this poem thinking, what's next going to happen? Well, before they recite that poem, uh, she reveals how she got her face and why she yeah. chose that face. And that she, he says he's been playing the long game and that she stops him on that. But basically she picked the face specifically to seduce, to seduce Nick, Nick Fury. Fury. Um, so that she's always been with working with the scrolls, which makes sense. Because right? if you look at the big picture, you're a refugee uh, species. You land on a planet. Uh, you have somebody who says they're going to help you. Fine, you're going to trust somebody. You're only going to trust them as far as you can throw them. You're going to want to have some type of trump card on them possibly. Yeah. So or have someone super close, close with him that if you need to, yeah. Yeah. Get rid of him. And yeah, so they both have their guns, they recite the poem, and they both shoot at each other. Yeah, and they both miss. <laughs> which they Mo- missed on purpose. purpose. Which he says, I don't know if this means we need counseling or we need to renew our That's vows. what he says. Yeah, that's what he says after that. But basically that's they go their separate ways. She says, "I'll go back to doing what I did before," um, and she can easily hide from the scrolls. Is what she kind of confirms. And he goes off to do to do what he needs to do. 
Which kind of gives us a weird scene where he goes and sees Rhodey, but mm-hmm. doesn't confront him and doesn't out him as a scroll. I think he was there to like bug some of Rhodey's things and also to kind of see like what do you have on me that I need to look out for. Yeah, and Rhodey kind of throws a trump card at him that hey, I have you killing Maria Hill, uh, which is basically Gravity doing it stress uh, uh, disguises. Uh, Fury, which we saw in the very first episode, so it wasn't nothing new. wasn't any new information to us. It was new that they had a, a recording of it, and that Rhodey's prepared to like, hey, I can let this out, and then you'll be fucked, mm-hmm. <clears throat> type of thing. Um, and Fury kind of not letting on that he knows that he's a scroll. Uh, so yeah, maybe he bugged the park. We only thing is we didn't see it because he used just appeared in the apartment after. Yep, with a couple of whiskeys. Yeah, which is really weird because the scene before that, Rhodey's taking a shower. It's a scroll taking a shower that turns into Rhodey, right? Yeah. But then he walks into his hotel room from the outside door, completely dressed in a suit. Yeah. And Fury's sitting at the well, table. Because he's, he's going to go and meet the president. So he's probably like, all right, get up, get dressed, go. So I have to have my face on to go. Out yeah, the but, door. It's, so but it's not like he walked out of the bathroom. He walked into the hotel room from outside. Yeah, so that, that was one like continuity thing that I thought was weird. It's like, well, wait, why is uh, Rhodey walking into his hotel room if we just saw him taking a shower and getting dressed? I think that was, yeah, a continuity error. I think it should have been, like, mapped out better of, like, oh, this was the b- bathroom he was exiting or something. Yeah. Um, also, we do find out that Gaia is not dead. That she, oh, yeah. that. she did go and uh, before she left the facility... Uh, when she was told to run, she uh, had used the same machine that Gravik did, and she healed herself. Yeah, have healing powers now. Yeah, and she goes off and, and meets her with her father. Um, and they have a little conversation. They have a conversation, yeah. But, like, she wants him to reveal what his grand plan is for their survival, where she knows that Gravik's grand plan is to... Too inv- extreme. Yeah, to wipe out humans, take over the Earth as theirs, right? And she's like, okay, what's your plan? And he reveals that his plan was like, I want to live in peace with the humans. And even she's like, that's that's too, that's not what I want. Yeah, that's I, too subservient. Yeah, that's not what she wants either. It's like she wants kind of a, a middle of the road type. Which is kind of weird because living peacefully with humans would be the middle of the road. The thing is, though, Fury is very right where it's like, that can't happen because people will just fucking hate you. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll be a... Well, I don't think they don't explain very clearly. It's like, even if the scroll revealed themselves and they lived in their own skin on Earth and can live where, like, no humans are going to want to live in radioactive areas, fine. Humans would just unite against them as this is a threat and that's something that we can either control or dominate or make them or try and do something to because they're different from us. Mm-hmm. Because Fury had said in episode two that, like, hey, we can't live peacefully amongst ourselves. Why the fuck do you think we're going to be able to live peacefully with an alien species? That's just crazy. Yeah. But, so basically, Guy is not with... Mendelssohn, or not with Nick Fury or Talos, she basically says that's not what I'm looking for, and walks away. We have no idea where she's going or what she's, how she's going to be involved further. Mm-hmm. But clearly, she's not going to be with Gravik, but she's not necessarily working with Nick Fury either. Um, and as you said, uh, back to with um, Rhodey and them, that Rhodey was on his way to meet the president. So I believe we're in London. We're in England. Still. Yeah, we're still in England. <clears throat> And so they go meet the president, and we know this. Uh, there's a set that Gravik's going to attack, trying to make it look like it's the Russians. 
Uh, Gravik does attack them. Uh, the motor pool leaving the airport uh, basically knocks out the president by blowing up the, ca- the car. But the car is reinforced, bulletproof, whatever. He's not dead. Yeah. He's just unconscious. Um, but this is where we see that Rhodey has group powers. Yes. Not Rhodey. Not Gro- Rhodey, but I'm sorry. Gravik has group powers. He, uh, he basically grabs a guy from a, a distance with a, with a root arm and pulls him closer. Mm-hmm. And it goes to... What we don't know is that is that did he switch powers or is that part of all his power set? Because the healing looked like the Mandarin healing from Iron Man three. Yeah, and Gravik had said, "Hey, we'll become Super Scrolls and we'll change our powers," and kind of revealed that his plan is they want to start World War three, not just for humans to wipe each other out, but to get the Avengers involved, possibly so that they can steal their identities and steal their powers. Yeah, um, which is what Fury <clears throat> wants to prevent. Yeah, and Fury wants to prevent getting. Any superheroes involved because he knows that, yeah, they'll get copied and then they'll become terrorists instead of heroes, right? Mm-hmm. And that's going to be harder for even the heroes to, to deal with on their, on their own. Um, but so basically during this attack, while Secret Service is defending the president, Rhodey's just sitting in his car pretending nothing's happening because he's not going to help or do anything. Which clearly makes him, you know, obviously you know he's a scroll, but it's like, yeah... Rhodey, that we know from the Iron Man movies, would jump into a battle no matter what. He wouldn't sit by yeah. in his bulletproof car and just wait for it to end. Um, so Nick Fury and Talos show up in the middle of this gunfight. They get to the president. Uh, Talos gets uh, injured. Yeah, well, Talos is trying to break open the window to get to the president. Yeah, because he's strong enough to break, punch, uh, break the bulletproof window yeah. or whatnot. Um, but he's starting to change back into a scroll because he's injured. Um, Nick Fury has to call uh, one of the guys down that, hey, no, he's with us. Don't shoot him. Uh, which Soldier does. He goes back to shooting at Gravik's men. But after they get the president out, Gravik uh, disguises himself and grabs Talos and murders him in front of uh, Nick Fury. Yep. So Talos is now dead. Nick Fury Nick Fury has the president. Has the president without anybody else uh, knowing where he went with him. He took him in his own car and they fucking took off. Yep. He didn't tell anybody where they're at. Yep, him and his Land lo- Rover, which all the Brits love. Yep. So basically, we have... We, we're left off with... Uh, Guy is MIA. Guy is MIA, and Nick Fury has kidnapped the president. Yes. And <laughs> you, Talos you, is dead, question mark. Yeah, even though that we know that... Uh, they know that Nick Fury showed up to save the president. He just kidnapped the president, because I'm pretty sure he's not going to call Rhodey up and tell him where he's at. Yeah. Because he knows Rhodey's a scroll, so he's probably going to keep the president under wraps. Oh, hopefully the MI6 lady comes back. Yeah, that'd be great to see her come back. Because I love her. But she was also dealing with her own, like, inside moles and people leaking information. Yeah, so I'm hoping next episode we get more of that. Yeah. Um, So this really ramped everything up. uh, Gave you a lot more action at the the tail end. Mm -hmm. Had a nice sweet thing with him and his wife and, like, the espionage spy game that they played with each other. Kind of thing that, like, Nick Fury is... Known for. Yeah. Or Nick, this Nick Fury. Yeah, like, least. Nick Fury is the ultimate spy. So even in his love life, he plays spy... They play spy games with each other, basically. Yeah. Um, to where, cool, their marriage is kind of over. They'll go their separate ways. And they both seem hurt that it's ended. Yeah. Which I thought that was, like, a really nice touch that the actors were able to convey that. Yeah, hurt but understanding that this needs to be done. Yeah, but she was still hurt. You yeah. saw that in her face. That's, like... Okay, I don't have Nick Fury anymore. Yeah. Um, and then the last half of it gave us all the action of the attack on the president and whatnot. 
Um, as much as much as like, I was like, hey, make sure uh, you use Russian, like, as if it was like a no Russian mission or something. Like it, you only hear one of the, one of the American American uh, uh, Secret Service members say, hey, it's the Russians. But like, it doesn't seem like there's anything Russian about them because they're not really wearing a Russian flag on any of their uniforms. Yeah, yeah, they're but that screaming... guy doing. The commanding. They're or... not screaming ru- in Russian at each other or orders or anything like that. Yeah. It's just, oh, that's a Russian helicopter. It's the Russians. Yeah. So it's very weak there. But again, Gravik's whole thing is not necessarily World War Three, but it's to get the Avengers involved. Which, who knows, Nick Fury kidnapping the president might be enough to do that. Um, we'll but, find out. We'll find out because, like, Nick Fury, yeah, supposedly Rhodey fired him, but... Technically, Nick Fury was supposed to be the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., would you assume he'd be the head of S.W.O.R.D.? Yeah. So he might be running his own shit and have his own people that we don't know about that he can contact. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where this goes. Um, but, like, this really ramped up the action, ramped up the stuff. Again, it was only a 37-minute episode. Hopefully the next few episodes, since there's only going to be, what, two more? We only more, have two more, so hopefully be they'll be longer. Hopefully, hopefully longer than an hour. Hey, that would be good, because we kind of need that. Yeah, we don't know what the times are in the next ones, but there's yeah. two more episodes left. <clears throat> so it should be interesting to see where they go from there. Yes. Now, uh, on to The Witcher. Uh, again, we only watched the second episode. Yeah, we only watched the second episode. We're going slowly through it, right? Um, just We're trying to remember what the fuck happened. Trying to remember what happens and like... And who's who? Yeah, that's the biggest problem with this is that... It's awful. As much as people get confused with, Except Game, for Henry with like Game of Thrones and knowing who's who and that... Because there are a lot of characters get thrown at you, but they all get like little nicknames or they have very distinct looks that you recognize them constantly. To where like like their distinctive hairstyles or uh, what they wear clothing wise. Like oh, this person always wears this pin. That's Bob from accounting or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and a good example is the character Fringilla, who is who was like the the Nefgardian a mage council. Mm-hmm. She's like in the lock. We see that she's locked in a dungeon, and she's like a poison taster. Uh, I had to think like, who the fuck is this person? Why? Are we yeah, it took us her? a while to figure out. Like, who is that she a mage? Was. Why is she here? Is she a mage? And then the other problem is is because we've played the video games. The video games, again, also, with all these characters, because there's so many, are very distinct-looking. They wear certain colors almost all the time, or there's different... Their hairstyles. Uh, hairstyles, or something's always the same, so you can differentiate them. Where here, they've done so much change with the casting, that half the time we're like, is that supposed to be Triss? Okay, that's supposed to be Triss, I think. Who fucking knows? He doesn't even look like, like Triss at all. Um, is that supposed to be Kira, Kira Metz? Okay, well, Kira's a, a short, blonde-haired wizard, not this long-haired, like, bi- like, like, bigger woman yeah. running a shop. Uh, the other wizard who is, uh, I think, uh, Philippa Elhart. Yeah, she's the one that's supposed to be the owl. The owl lady. But, like, sometimes you see her wearing feathers, sometimes you don't. You have no idea. Yeah. Like, it's hard to keep track of who's who in this. Especially when you're not watching it, binge watching it from season one all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of annoying at that point where I feel like Game of Thrones, I could keep up with who was who because they all had distinctive looks or colors or there's things about where they were at yeah. that reminded me, okay, that this is this person, this is that person. And they say their names a lot. Yeah, and they here they don't say their names because they're talking Hardly. to people who know them. So they don't reference each other's or call each other by name that yeah. often. Uh, but basically, this episode, uh, we kind of 
the Siri and Gerald and uh, Jennifer have split up. Jennifer. Yeah, Jennifer and, and Siri yeah. are on their way back to the Mage's Tower, which we know the head of the Mage's Council there has already healed the dark wizard guy that was after him in the first episode. Yep. Um, and Gerald goes to Jasker, and they go to a, two characters we've seen before. I can't remember their yeah, names. The, the, yeah. But, like, um, they're basically information brokers. Mm-hmm. They give information anyway, depending on what the cost is. They go there. He goes there. He gets some information, uh, which they suggest to him that what he needs to do is find another, a different ashen-haired, green-eyed girl who can be captured and killed. That way, Cyrilla can live. Um, and not at, be tracked. And not be tracked and because they're tracking a white-haired witcher with a white-haired girl. So, Gerald says, no, I'm not going to sacrifice some innocent person because I'm not going to live with myself if I did that. They send him off to go chase this black wizard in some dark cave somewhere or some castle. Yeah, cave some somewhere. dark castle. Which their logic but, here doesn't make much sense because well, they were trying to throw him off from the dark wizard uh, in his location because they were working with him yeah. as well. That's how they have information. Um, but he goes there to. Uh, Try to find the dark wizard. Instead, he finds this really grotesque monster. That that was really cool. The yes. effects, the creature design there, where it was just a body of arms and, yep. and hands, basically. When they witcher, they witcher well. Yeah, very, very, very well. So I would say any scenes that have Henry Cavill, because you could tell he's like, I'm going to make sure this is what Geralt does, and yeah. but how the story should be moving with Geralt in it. And unfortunately, he's not in a bunch of the other scenes, so it gets very muddled compared to his. Yeah, because like. all, the, all the other scenes is like, oh, Siri's having visions of people dying. She wants to try and intervene and stop. And then Yennefer's trying to tell her when you intervene and like save one person's life, maybe their death would have saved a hundred. You're causing all these bad yeah, things. You know happen. the butterfly effect. Yeah, and like she tries to explain that she's done the same thing, which I'm kind of like. Not really, but she's trying to say, like, the war and strife that's happening is all because of Yennefer uh, blowing the big fireball shit at everybody. Yeah, which is like, no, not really, girl, because, like, you were protecting that land that you were instructed to, so it's not quite the same as, oh, if I, I had a vision that if I threw this fireball, it causes a war, but if I don't, you know... Something else will happen. Yeah, and that gets to like why people like The Witcher. I think is this this up this season or these this episode is being very political with like mm-hmm. going back to Distra and his plotting, seeing that Yasker is working with the Ravidians, uh, and they're plotting back and forth and like those wiz- those uh, not wizards but the information brokers plotting and all this is the reason why people like Geralt because he doesn't Give care about, shit. A, about any of that <laughs> bullshit. He just wants to get shit done yeah and he doesn't want to deal with Paul with people's petty politics he thinks it's really petty and pathetic that they're all scheming and shit yeah um so like when he so that's why i'm thinking like all right Gerald's been around forever well he and like with those wizards they know who he is they've seen yeah. he, he's been around long enough that they know who this guy is why send him on a false hunt when you know his ass is going to come back and kill you when well, he doesn't beat the die. Sh- living shit out yeah of you. <laughs> um but basically, that's the reason why I think a lot of people like The Witcher because our main character is somebody who's tired of all the bullshit. 
But I think a problem with this show is that they're also trying to be very political, yes. which the games are, but they're not succeeding in the way that Game of Thrones is very political. Yeah. And where you can track it all. Because, again, because we have already burnt in our head that, you know, Triss, if she's... Triss was supposed to be a, a bright redhead, but, okay, here she's a black chick with red tinge hair. But at least Triss would always have her hair up in, like, buns. Uh, dual buns in her head, or she would uh, wear a lot of green to match to go with her red hair. This character doesn't do any of that, so like half the time, I'm like, oh, who is, who is this person? <laughs> yeah. Um, like the most recognizable ones is probably Dijkstra, Gerald, obviously Siri, mm-hmm. and Yennefer because we've seen so much of her. But like when you go back to any of these other mages, I'm like, who, who is, is this person supposed to be? Why are they plotting? Why do we care? Yeah. Why do we care about the elves' plight? And it's just like, yeah. Um, this episode did also introduce one of the villains from the second season, who was a Nilfgaardian general tracing Ciri, and then she slips through his fingers. We find him basically getting his ass kicked in the woods and, like, being a nobody, and then Mm -hmm. the elves save him to basically kind of go off... This is an elf guy who was with the main elves that we were seeing, but, like, it's tired of this, like, they want Ciri because she's going to... Uh, prophecy says she's gonna save the elven people. He's like, "Fuck your prophecies! I just want to make sure we stay alive." So, he's now hooked up with this uh, ex-general who's been disgraced, and they're going to, I guess, do their own thing. We'll see what happens yeah. in the next up ep- in a few episodes from now. Basically, they're setting something else up, and then they did this really weird thing with <laughs> Prince R- Radovid. Yeah, where I don't know if he's gay or he's not, but he's lo- he like he had like fuck you fuck me eyes at Jasker the entire time. Yeah, it was a little off. And That's, it's really weird. Cause the casting for this show, there's to me, there's only maybe about five people that are finally cast in this show. Soon to be four. <laughs> yeah, one of them's leaving right after the season. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm pretty sure this show's dead after the season anyway because Henry Cavill's uh, out. Um, and like I said, it's really hard to follow stuff unless you're going to watch it... Back to back to back. Back to back to back, which... Is infuriating with how shitty they did the season two. Yeah, uh, a lot of stuff I've seen about this season from people who've watched the whole thing is like it's a whole season of them trying to um, repair kind of like the lot the the goodwill that they lost with the fans, and that's why we've mm-hmm. seen so much cool Witcher stuff. But again, it's like your storyline is not making any sense here. Where we're, where we're going with it, I yeah. don't understand. Um, so we'll have to see. Uh, just basically what happens. The one big twist, though, in this is that where Geralt go, goes or, uh, and kills this monster, which is really cool and whatnot and unique, um, there's a ashen-haired girl trapped there as well. He gets her out, saves her, you know, goes decides to check her, hey, who are you? And she now claims that, her, that she is Cirilla. So it's clearly that, like, she was put there as a plant to pretend to be Cirilla and believe, or was maybe bewitched to believe that she's Cirilla. Yeah. I'm guessing more of the bewitched part. So that she can be this sacrificial lamb that they all said, that the information brokers told him, like, hey. Go do this. Get this, get this pawn killed, and then the problems will be over. They'll think they've killed Cirilla, and she'll still be able to survive. Mm-hmm. So now Geralt, Geralt's stuck with this bewitched child who thinks she's Cirilla, which is like, no, you're absolutely not her. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? He's got to figure out why this is happening. He can't go back to the information brokers because since they were working with the Dark Wizard, and they he obviously came back, so what the fuck did you tell Geralt? Um, they let loose a little bit too much information that they didn't let 
him know anything about his master's plans, and he basically burned down their entire building yeah. and killed them. But saved their cat. Yeah, they saved the cat. She said, don't hurt the cat, and so he didn't hurt the cat. Yeah. Um, Cats go okay. This is right before Deistra was going... Deistra and uh, Philippa were going to go to them and find out what they did tell Gerald, but she was already there as an owl form. And saw and saw that happened. saw that they got killed and then followed the Dark Wizard through his portal. Uh, we don't know what sh- where she is now or if she was even working with him to begin with. Um, it's really weird because, like, the, the mages had a big, did play a big deal in this universe at one point, and then the ma- the mages, at least the women, all got, like, th- discarded and thrown out or, or something, where they're all kind of, like, out on their own by Witcher 3. Yeah. And then they do try to, like, reconvene their court, I think, in that yeah, game. Yeah, at the very, towards the end of the game. And I think you can have a hand in that if you, you do some quests. Yeah. But, um, for the most part, like... Philippa was, like, doing her own thing. Kira was doing her own thing. Yeah. Kira was not minding a shop in a town, like, well, doing slave trading. at one point. Yeah, but... But in Witcher 3, you meet up with her. She's like, I'm stuck in this stupid backwoods village. Yeah, like, but, like, the thing was, like, they all... When you met a mage in the game, it was very obvious, like, oh, that's a mage. This is somebody yeah. who does not look like a peasant living in this village. Where here, they all look like fucking peasants half the time. Yeah. So it's really hard to tell, like, are you supposed to be who you are, who this is? And the fact that none of them match any of the characters that we've seen depicted prior, it's really hard to, like, okay, remember who's who. Well, the biggest thing is what they need to do, like, any proper show tv or video game is you establish a character and their specific traits it's like this character has a cut you know across their right eye so you got to make sure like this is phil he has a cut across his red eye so every time you see the cut across the red eye you're like oh that's phil oh that's uh jamie her hair is you know always in this elaborate braid so every time you see elaborate braid you're like jamie yeah, it's this. It's so this they is, change up their looks so much that you're like, who the fuck is this now? And it's so jarring because how miscast the people are in this, and it has nothing to do with race or anything like that. But it's like taking Superman, who is a classically known looking character, have a specific look, and saying, "Hey, no, Superman now has green skin and and brown hair and like white hair." Like, well, that doesn't look like the Superman that we that was been described to us. Like, it's so jar, it's that jarring of yeah. what it is. It's like having He Man not be blonde hair and muscly, but being something completely opposite. Like, yeah, who the fuck is this supposed to be? Yeah, it's and it's not to the point where like, and also save their names like over and over. You still need to drill it into people's heads. Like yeah. Game of Thrones still drilled in your fucking head. And if they didn't say the name, he? they at least said the nickname like Littlefinger, Littlefinger. So we know. Don't know who that guy's name is, but he's Littlefinger. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, that's the hardest problem with this show is keeping track of everybody, except for like the three main characters that we see all the time. Yeah. Um, we'll see where the next episode goes with it, because um, it'd be interesting to see how Geralt Ger- gets out of this issue with uh, this fake Siri, who he's now kind of st- uh, trapped with. Yeah. Um, and see where they go from there, and then what. Uh, Radovid's trying to do. The other thing that kind of came out during this is that throughout this whole thing, because since we've played Witcher 3, we know that Nilfgaard is trying to invade, and like mm-hmm. all invaders, 
he has this vision of one continent, one nation that's going to be at peace finally, right? Yeah. Almost every empire, very reminiscent of the Chinese empire, of like, hey, we have seven little countries here, or seven little kingdoms that are constantly fucking warring with each other. If they are all united under one banner, they would stop fighting and then we could finally live in peace. Mm-hmm. But the way they go about it in this story is, like, Nilfgaard doesn't, like, show up to someone else's kingdom and say, okay, here's the ma- the army I have amassed, here's the destructive power that I have, um, join up with me, keep your lands, but you all report to me, that type of stuff, like, try, try to bargain. They just try to wipe everybody out. Yeah. Which is, like, that's not the way you go about uniting a kingdom by trying to just kill everybody who opposes you. You need to try and bargain with them, and then when the first one who will obviously push back, pushes back... Which was the Cirillas. Yeah. You wipe grandmothers. Them, yeah, you uh, wipe them the fuck out and then everybody else will start negotiating. And instead Radovids are like plotting and planning their own thing. Yeah. And it's like So that guys, was gonna show up. Because, like, guys, cu- cut this shit out. And like yeah. Nilfgaard's not even interested anymore in like trying to talk to people. So it's like what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it's it's messy. It's definitely messy. Um, like I said, we'll keep going on with it. We'll see where we go from there. Because we love to torture ourselves. But hey, Good Omens is coming out. Yeah, that will we'll definitely <laughs> go over Good Omens that. when that comes out. Because that's, that's the show that we actually like. And we'll uh, see Continuity's we great. You can tell who's who. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, now, on to gaming. To uh, news. So, new game hit Game Pass this week, uh, which was Exoprimal. Yes. It com- came from Capcom, who Capcom lately has been, like, landing all their major hits with Resident Evil 4 remake, all the Resident Evil remakes. Street Fighter apparently was done pr- fairly well. Um, this is a kind of a weird enigma of a title, because I would say this is something that you would probably see in an arcade. Okay. Where it's like pump your quarters in and just shoot a shitload of dinosaurs, right? Who cares about yeah. whatever story is going on? You're just gonna sh- you're shoot. Shooting named you're shooting dinosaurs. You're shooting uh, cannon fodder the whole time or whatnot, yeah. and they just change it up the further you go in there. Which is kind of what this game does. But this game is like half live service, almost like free to play type game, like arcade game almost. Uh-huh. But that's only on the aspect if you have Xbox and you got it on Game Pass. Uh-huh. Excuse me. Everyone else paid $60 for this game. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, this game has one game mode, which is just... Uh, Shoot the, the dinosaurs? Which, ha- this is very interesting. It's a multiplayer-only mode. Okay. Um, well, not necessarily multiplayer-only. It, it gives you the option, after you do the first fight, to like just play PvE or PvP, or you go random, which will net you more experience points, which you want, any- which is what your goal is anyway for all this. So you're mostly going to play random, but it basically gives you two game types. And it's done interesting where, all right, when you're you're basically always playing against another team, but the first half of this game is you're going through different checkpoints through this area, which will get repetitive because you reuse the same map over and over until they hit certain checkpoints in the story and they'll move you to a different area and show you new maps as you go, but it kind of happens slowly, so it's a very repetitive game. Yeah. But you go through these checkpoints, and all you're supposed to do is just uh, horde mode, basically. Hit checkpoint one, kill all, kill the certain number of dinosaurs of what types that pop up, which could be like 150 raptors and like five flying pterodactyls. Okay. And then if you complete that f- first, you'll get a notification saying, hey, you're completing it task faster than the other team. And you go through about five checkpoints like this, and it lets you know after every fight where you're standing, if the other team's ahead of you or not. Okay. Um, when... If you're ahead of the other team, which is what you want to be, after the last checkpoint, 
you now get a head start in the final round, which now becomes a one of two things. It's either going to be an Overwatch escort mission. Okay. Where you're escorting a cube on a cart to from point A to point B. That sounds exciting. That's basically what the Overwatch thing is, right? The next the other thing is it'll just be you versus PvE thing, which is basically more of a continuation of what you were doing prior, but with much harder uh, dinosaurs showing up, bigger and more difficult dinosaurs to kill. Okay. Uh, the main part of the game, though, is that the cube escort, because when you're playing the cube escort, uh, you get the head start, you're into that mode, and by the time the other team gets that gets into the, finishes their half of the game, they'll get transported into the same game. And that is the point as to when you can meet up with the other team and you guys can start fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Usually, how this has been happening is when you get close towards the end, both people are moving their own cubes there, fighting off dinosaurs. They get close. They both have the same endpoint, so that's when you both collide. And then teams start killing each other back and forth. Um, and they're also given some avan- advantages, such as a Dominator, which basically lets you summon a, a random dinosaur. Early game, it's either going to be a Triceratops or a Carnosaur. And then you get to control, you get to turn into that dinosaur and control it and fight the other team. Okay. So it's trying to slow them down, basically uh, buy more time for your team or, or kill or wipe that team out. So you get your cube to the final point and then they'll charge up to 100%. That is the gameplay loop that's repeatedly going on right now. The only really interesting thing is that the storyline of the game is told through. Um, little like data files, which could be either an audio file, a video file, or the team discussing date, discussing a photo or something that they found. And you find these things by just playing the game over and over again. Yeah. After like every game or every two games or whatnot, you'll find like three or four different data packs. As you got, as you go and review all of them, it will eventually unlock another node, and then this node will unlock a cutscene where it's like, hey, here's all the data we just found, and it will compile it into the next big story point. Okay. Which is kind of interesting, and it has this story of like, hey, you're trying to get off this island, um, and there's this rogue AI that's transporting you three years into the past to play these war games, which is what this whole dinosaur killing simulation thing is. All right. And you're meeting up, what you find out is that there's parallel universes, and you're meeting up with parallel versions of your team stuck in this time loop type thing. All right. Um, other than that, I don't know what much else, I haven't finished the story in it, um, but... You have that's basically the gameplay, and as I said, it plays like an arcade game. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. It's definitely like a live service title where like there's a lot of cosmetic stuff that it's like, hey, just buy this and here buy buy uh, currency to get it or earn currency to buy it yeah. or buy our battle pass. So it has like it has also a loot box element to it where like you get reward war chests which will unlock cosmetics for you. None of these cosmetics or anything do anything to help you be stronger. Uh-huh. But it's Buy currency, buy battle pass, buy like loot box. It has a lot of those like free to play mechanics, which is all weird. Yeah, so you're paying sixty if you're not on Game Pass. So you pay sixty bucks, and then if you want like the battle pass and all that, you pay the extra. Which yeah, if you're going to do all that, just make this like a fifteen dollar game, or make it a free to play game. <clears throat> yeah, it's and really then weird. Do like all right, here's the battle pass for the next season or story point. What I kind of think is because like comments made like by Bobby Kodak at, at Activision saying like hey subscription services haven't like have a huge have doesn't have the revenue share that he wants to make him where he thinks they're going to be worthwhile. Oh. Again, Bobby Kodak's a fucking idiot and doesn't know the hell he's talking about. He's just <laughs> greedy. 
I can see companies like Capcom, who don't usually throw games into Game Pass, be like, all right, we're going to put a day and day one game in Game Pass. So Xbox users are going to have it for free. They're more likely to buy the, buy the Battle Pass. They're likely to buy currency and treat it like a free-to-play game. Everyone else who's going to play this game who's not on that ecosystem, mm-hmm. let's make sure we get our money's worth and charge them $60 for it, like a regular game. Yeah. So, like, in the future, when they come out with more game modes, which they've already have some plan and already announced some that are going to be coming soon, yes, this game will probably be worth 60 bucks when you have three or four different game modes to play with different yeah. uh, elements in there. But, but how just are you going to keep the people around till, until those elements come out it's, it's the it's the catch 22 it's the addiction of just playing it over and over again yeah, but even then people get like <clears throat> bored after a while yeah that's that's the problem with games like this when they design them uh to be this way and they don't have a roadmap already yeah. filled out or have hey plans a that very we- limited roadmap like a good a good a good example of how this is done right is diablo diablo oh, came yeah. out in june they're for and then you say hey we're gonna have four seasons events for free every year yep Plus, like, DLC later in the future, right? We don't know what the DLC is, but the first season starts July 20th. So they gave yeah, everybody, yeah. like, a month to play through the regular game, yep. make up all your characters, and then, boom, on, like, the 20th of this month, it's going to be, hey, here's your free first season. Which you had to have beaten the main story to yeah. play, is what they said. And then you're going to start brand- creating a brand new character and play through this season's story. Yep. And do whatever this stuff is for that. And then next season, they'll come with another one. They already have it planned out to where they have dates where they can drop stuff fairly quickly. Yeah. I have no idea when the next uh, game mode for Exoprimal is going to come out. So, again, like you said, what's going to happen is the same thing happened with Halo and Live Service Games in the past is that mm-hmm. if your gameplay loop is not repetitive enough or you're not injecting new content constantly, um, that's not that's going to be more than just skins. Um, you're going to have people get, all right, well, this is boring, and they're going to have to wait for you to now spend more money on marketing to hype up the new shit you're throwing in there yeah. to get people back into it. The only people who've been luckily successful with that model has been Fortnite because they banned... And Apex has been big overseas. <laughs> uh, yeah, a- Apex is definitely uh, one, two Apex Legends. But I think Fortnite's the one that everybody's copying because Fortnite has been able to basically copy a, a successful gameplay loop Mm-hmm. And then they're able to quickly and easily make gaming skins or ga- or gameplay characters and throw them in their game really quickly when they're uh, media relevant. Yeah. So, like, Call of Duty is just now starting to do the same thing. We're like, oh, we're going to bring the boys, superheroes, into Call of Duty. So, make it now it's fucking Fortnite where you have superheroes running around with superpowers for a short period of time. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of garbage gameplay in my opinion but like fortnite it's, it's gets, a cheap way to get more money yeah because fortnite is like anything that's popular in pop culture oh spider-man's coming out here here's a spider-man uh, uh, skin yeah thrown into fortnite with over here's a spider-man a mode where you can become an overpowered spider-man character and wreak havoc against your opponents if you mm-hmm. get this one special item that's the loop that they keep doing over and over again that's what's being successful because they keep keeping keep keeping casual and kids playing that game because if you ask somebody, oh, what's Fortnite, they'll tell you it's like PUBG for babies. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not targeted for hardcore adult gamers. It's targeted for the teen uh, kids. Yeah. The ones who will spend their allowance on that type of shit and they will buy microtransactions like crazy. Um, But yeah, that's Exo Primal. It's kind of a weird Capcom game. Like I said, it feels more like something I would find at a Dave & Buster's arcade <laughs> that I'd be feeding quarters into. And you had or, like a group of people 
they'll yeah. like playing on that one or like game. or like have a light or be like a light gun game or something. Yeah. That's what it feels like. This be interesting when they add more to it. Uh, it's an Xbox player. I get it for free on Game Pass, so I don't feel like too burnt because I didn't have to spend any money. But everyone else who spent sixty bucks on this brand new, I would be like, yeah, there's not really a lot of game here. Yeah, so Maybe if you have Game more. Pass, get it. Yeah. If not, wait or don't. <laughs> yeah, and then last thing in gaming news this week is... That a lot of news came out this weekend. <clears throat> yeah, even more news came out this weekend because this deal needs to be finalized by Tuesday. Is the Activision Xbox deal. So I think as we reported before, the FTC lost their case, mm-hmm. but they're going to appeal it. Well, the appeal came back fairly quickly as in like, no, you're screwed. You They lost the appeal. Uh, I think a lot of people don't understand what appeals are. They think, oh, they're going to have to retry the case when you appeal it. An appeal yeah. is you're going, you're saying something procedurally was done wrong or missed in the original case, and therefore we need to retry it because they somebody screwed up on evidence or this procedure wasn't followed correctly, or you're pointing out something something structurally wrong, not necessarily the case itself. Yeah, nothing was wrong in this case, obviously. <clears throat> except for the FTC's shitty uh, defense, <laughs> which was all based on Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Call of Duty, which is not what they should have been focusing on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they lost the appeal almost immediately, which then scared the UK off into, okay, we're going to stop doing our uh, proceedings, and they decided to broker a deal with Microsoft, which sounds like that's already gone through. Which means tomorrow on Monday and on Tuesday they'll be finalizing all the deal stuff and Activision's merger with uh, Microsoft or Microsoft acquisition of Activision will be finally complete. Um, on top of this, the FTC got ripped a new one by <laughs> yes. Congress because they ended up getting called into Congress oh, to explain yeah. uh, what the hell they were doing. And like literally the congressman asked them, like, are you purposely taking on cases you're going to lose? And the head of the FTC is like, no, we thought we were going to win this. And he's like, no. Looking at like this most recent case, which was the Microsoft one, Congress will say, like, you're looking out for the uh, for the well-being of Sony, which yes. is a Japanese company, not an American company. Their well-being over the consumer. You're the you're supposed to be looking over the what's best for the consumer, and kind of like basically what Congress does because they don't. They can't throw anybody in jail or anything. Although the head of FTC can get they re- just yell and can get slap replaced. On the wrist. But they did definitely insinuate, like, why the fuck are you in the pocket of a company? Like, yeah. you're supposed to be protecting the consumer, and clearly this deal was fine for the consumer and made it more competitive. And instead, you're trying to protect Sony. What the hell? Which I can totally see the outcome of that could be um, them recommending or trying to get the president to. Uh, appoint someone else to be the head of the FTC mm-hmm. because even when she, uh, the head of the FTC was trying to defend herself, she basically blamed it on missteps of her staff below her. And the Congress said, that's bullshit. You're a shitty leader to sit there and just say, your staff fucked up and that's why you lost this case. Yeah. Because uh, apparently they've been losing lots of cases on stuff. But everybody who's been following this, even in Europe, have seen that like Sony's been manipulating officials into like oh, this is going to be bad for Sony, and if it's bad for Sony, it's bad for everybody, so you have to help us. And all the uh, rulings, even in the UK originally, were like, that doesn't make sense. How is this How is this less competitive? Yeah. It's just Sony doesn't want to play in the subscription uh, scene. Yeah, uh, because and the cross-play scene. They don't want to play the, in those little pools. Yeah, they don't want to share their stuff. They want to keep it on exclusivity, 
where, yeah, technically Microsoft has more money than Sony and they can play the exclusivity game of, of throwing money at developers or companies to keep that. Mm-hmm. But Microsoft would throw the route like, all right, I'm just going to buy this developer and then you can't give it exclusivity unless you pay us and we're not going to play that game. Yeah. Uh, so what's happening is Microsoft is taking away Sony's playing field and telling them they have to play a, a different game and Sony doesn't want to change their game at all. Mm-hmm. But what uh, also came out is... Um, basically today, Phil Spencer just put out that, uh, this tweet here says, we are pleased to announce that Microsoft and PlayStation have signed a binding agreement to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Following the acquisition of Activision Blizzard, we look forward to the future where players globally have more toys to play their favorite games. So Sony has caved and signed the contract that Call of Duty will be on their platform for 10 years or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, which again has made the UK, like, Back, back off, off and uh, and they've come up to an agreement where I think Microsoft is basically going to outsource some of their cloud gaming in the UK to a third party. So that way they the, they're concerned about Microsoft owning cloud gaming. We're like, there's other cloud gaming shit out there, and like Sony has owned one long before Microsoft developed their own stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just that old system live was is kind of garbage. And yeah, <laughs> doesn't work as well. And that's on Sony for not fucking developing it more after they bought it. <clears throat> um, so that's going to go through. So like I said, by the deal has to be closed by June eight, uh, July 18th at midnight. Mm-hmm. So by Tuesday night, this should be completely done. And then we have another year or so for integration and all that stuff. Basically, I expect we're going to see the same thing that they've done with Bethesda, whereas uh, Bethesda and their subsidiary companies, or Xenomax and their subsidiary developers... Are we left to their own devices for anything they're currently developing? Yep. Uh, Microsoft is probably learning their lesson from Redfall, where anything that they'll probably check is: is there anything like? What's do, the issues? Do you think this is failing? If yes, then fine, we'll we'll scrap it. Yeah. Um, and look at what's being made, and then dive in a little bit more on what new titles or new franchises that people that these companies are going to want to make. I know that Blizzard has a bunch of unannounced. Uh, projects that they've been working on that mm-hmm. uh, are not related to World of Warcraft or Diablo or any of their current franchises. It's They have a lot of brainstorming stuff going on. Activision has a huge catalog of games that they never touch. They've just gone to be like, we have to make Call of Duty every year. That now Microsoft can now pick and choose these old franchises. It's like, hey, let's bring... Back this, let's bring back StarCraft Ghost. Let's bring back yeah. uh, stuff that people have been wanting to play that they can't because it's been under Activision Blizzard's uh, name and they've decided not to do anything with those old franchises. Yeah. And that's what I think is going to be more positive about it, is that we're going to be able to see the resurgence of old franchises redone and rethought of in new ways and then cool, boom, we'll have more games to play. Yeah. And more ways to play it, apparently. Yeah. So... To play a little devil's advocate, uh, even though uh, Microsoft and PlayStation have come into agreement uh, to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation, do you think uh, it's like a 10-year deal or kind of a forever as long as Call of Duty goes on? And what's to say Microsoft in like four or five years goes, okay, we're not going to do any more Call of Duty and make a new game that's Call of Duty-like? That's very and po- not give it to Sony. That's a very good possibility, but I think like the thing is, if Call of Duty disappeared, it's also it's also been proven that it's not a big deal to Sony. 
Yeah. Uh, they've said it themselves that they wouldn't carry one way or the other. Um, because Call of Duty is just like a yearly franchise that comes out now. It, and yeah, like it's, your and NHL. It's, uh, yeah, and it's games. been losing players constantly. Yeah. Like, Warzone is what's still going on because the whole Battle Royale thing is still somewhat popular. But as you can see, now they're introducing superheroes and starting to follow the Fortnite route. It's losing interest. They're trying to inject stuff to keep people yeah. uh, playing, right? Uh, the storyline of the Call of Duty mainline games is just repeating the Modern Warfare one at this point, but just retelling the story a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. So that's boring. Uh, most people who, if they're not already into Warzone and play Warzone constantly... If they're playing the main storyline games, they're playing through the campaign once to see what's going on, and then they don't touch it. They uninstall it after that. Okay. Um, I can totally see Call of Duty like, yeah, this isn't profitable, or it's not that big of a game anymore, we're going to kill the franchise, and then they come out with a different game, where they let uh, Infinity War do something different. Yeah. Which would be nice. I mean, the only nice thing about the new Call of Duty games is that the graphics look nicer, but the gameplay hasn't changed. It's they're not adding new elements like Call of Duty Ghost, where they added a dog to it. Yeah. The space uh, Infinity, where they added space uh, combat to it and all that stuff. It's literally just here's the same old bullshit With that you play. With the tweaked story. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was just curious. Um. And then one last uh, Xbox news that came out. Uh, I believe it was Friday. Was Major Nelson the kind of the old face of xbox is leaving xbox yeah as much as like mario and like zelda or link is like the the mascot of nintendo and like crash bandicoot was the mascot of playstation playstation back in the day for a while yeah um major nelson's always been kind of like the mascot of xbox which has always been weird because like everybody has like a cartoonish or or mascotish type character being like that's that's what's going to sell our stuff xbox has had major nelson this White dude who's just lo- who just <laughs> loves radio and loves video games, selling basically selling people on Xbox and going to all the events and shaking hands and kissing babies yep. and stuff. Um, great guy, I've been a bunch of times. He's really yeah. he's really fun and, and nice dude. Uh, he's leaving Xbox uh, to go pursue other stuff. Um, uh, he hasn't said yet. He is taking a break from social media, but yep. will return. At which point. Most people I, that I've known who worked at Microsoft for a long time, like he's been there for, for 20 years, yep. um, they usually take a break from everything. Because um, basically, he's been there 20 years, he could probably retire. But I know he has, he had a kid a couple years ago, so. I mean, college is He's still got to raise his kid, right? So he's probably going to take like. Got to get out of the house somehow. Six to, <laughs> three to six months off doing nothing. And then we'll see him pop up at some other company. Whether he's doing PR for something game-related or something else, who knows? Um, but everybody wishes him well. Yep. The guy was great with what he's doing. Um, the Xbox podcast, which was super popular, uh, is going to be on hiatus, which I doubt if they'll ever come back. He had basically his, like, lackey clones that were, like... Lackey were clones? Able to, ...able to do the show without him, but... Yeah, but um, he didn't officially, like, give the reins over, like um, uh, Rooster Teeth did... Yeah. Uh, recently and, and with their uh main podcast. Yeah. And the main thing is, is like his podcast isn't super relevant anymore because like this weekend Xbox videos that came out basically recapped all the important stuff with that was going on with Xbox. His podcast gave more insight to if you were more interested in like some of the people's jobs there. Yeah, more of deep <clears throat> dive. But like when a Maybe 10 years ago, it was more about like, hey, here's a person who works this type of job and this type of job here. This is what it's like in their jobs at, at, at 
Xbox. Mm -hmm. It's a little less like that because whenever they bring other people in now, it seems more like it's a PR thing to um, promote whatever game or where the studio is doing. Well, that's also a sign of the times have changed as well with the podcasting and uh, kind of gaming culture as well. Yeah, but what was most interesting was learning like, these are different types of jobs in the industry oh, that yeah, are not I necessarily agree. related to developer or artist or or stuff like that. <clears throat> Where now it's like, hey, here's somebody from Minecraft. They're going to tell us about their what's new coming out with this, and that's basically pretty much all the interviews turned into yeah. now. So I'm fine with that podcast going. I have to stop listening to it for a while. Um, so we'll just have to see where they go. Um, again, we're at a point where like you don't really need a, mo- a mascot to sell a console. Um, that's basically kind of how Major Nelson kind of was, but like he was the voice and the face of Xbox, but with stuff like Twitter and Instagram threads of Phil Spencer now announcing news like 10 years ago, the head of Xbox wouldn't be announcing the stuff with the merger. It would be Major Nelson posting that news or an Xbox official account for, uh, for their PR, like the Xbox account would be doing it. The quote I read from Twitter is directly from Phil Spencer. Um, People have been more in tune with social media now so that you don't necessarily need a specific PR head yeah. anymore. So I can see why Major Nelson might decide, like, hey, now's a good time for me to duck out. And we'll see what else he pursues. I know he was really big into radio. That's what his uh, stuff was back in college. Um, and Hopefully that's... he gets into uh, local radio or national radio. That would be great. Yeah, that would be I great. I wouldn't mind to hear him. <clears throat> or if he gets into TV production or something like yeah. that. Or maybe awesome. a new podcast spinoff. Yeah. So we'll have to see where he goes from there. Um, but everybody wishes him well, and it's the end of an era. We won't have uh, Major yeah. Nelson at like, any big events anymore. Yep. <clears throat> no more. Well, best of luck to you, Larry. Yep. So that's our uh, show this week. Thank you for listening. Again, you can find us at www.nerdcrusade.com. You can find us on Twitch at The Nerd Crusade. Uh, we're usually streaming uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I stream sometimes on Tuesday and, th- and Thursdays as well. Um, but we stream all throughout the week. You can catch our uh, videos on our Twitch stream or our YouTube page uh, at uh, Nerd Crusade there as well. Um, so come check us out. Come to our webpage. Let us know what you think. Um, you can find the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts on, a- on Apple.com. Uh, podcasts or Spotify, wherever I have the podcasts everywhere, yep. as well as directly on our webpage. And you can listen to our old, all our old podcasts. They're all yep. there as well as too. And you can like, comment, and subscribe to them. Yes. Please. It helps out. Yep. Any interaction you get with our content or on our webpage definitely helps. Yep. So we will talk to you guys next week and have a great day. Bye. Bye.